Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. It is so good to see you. We're glad that you are here this morning. Matter of fact, I was so excited about today's message. I told Rhonda at 6 o'clock this morning that uh, I just wish church would go ahead and be right now because I'm excited about what i got to share with you. I think it's going to be uh, really, really good. I want to say this to you. Would you agree with me today that um, uh, according to the news, uh, all the stuff that's going on, the bad stuff in our, uh, in our city and around the world, basically, but there's a lot of people, would you say, that has an angry soul. Would you agree with that? Yes. I mean, like, when you, when you rob an elderly lady and you run over her, you know, I mean, just something's really, I mean, that's horrible in itself. You took someone's life, but, I mean, something's twisted, right? You know, the, the deal with the Covington, with this guy, lady was robbed uh, this week at the Walmart. That was, that was horrible. And so I would dare to say that there's a lot of people today that have an angry soul. You know, it's just, just bitter. But also, I would say, in light of what's going on in the world, that I would say many people today have a fear-filled soul with what's going on, you know, what just happened at Paris, the, the terrorist attacks, and, and many of us sitting here, you know, have been affected by that. I mean, there's a little bit of anxiety that I think we all feel according to that because of the threats against America and so forth. So I think that, you know, Today's a good time to talk about this because it's Thanksgiving weekend. And what I want to help you do today is I'm going to help you. Maybe you walked in with an angry soul uh, or you walked in with a fear-filled soul. Well, today, I want you to walk out with a joy-filled soul. All right? That's, our, that's the mission today is to help you take those steps that you can walk out with that no, no matter what's going on in your life. Would you agree with me also today this is that you know that, that when, when a person, when you, when you do something to, uh, to show it, gratitude to a person, would you agree with me that that person's probably soul is, receives a little bit of joy? Would you agree with that? But let me show you the flip side of that. When you show gratitude to someone else, yes, it imparts joy into their soul, but also you get joy yourself. Doesn't it? Here's the, here's the saying we have at SEC. It feels good to do good. Do you agree with that? It feels good to do good. And, and you're created that way. So this is what I want you to remember. If you don't remember anything else I say today, I want you to remember this. You ready? It's coming on the screen behind me. And when we get to that word attitude, I want you to use a little attitude. You ready? Here we go. It says this. Expressing gratitude to God and others changes my Come on, let's, now let's read that out loud together one more time, all right? Expressing gratitude to God and others changes my, changes my attitude. 
And so, you know, we're going, uh, we need an attitude adjustment today. Don't you agree with that? You know, my mom's here today, and we used to talk about that when I was a kid. You need an attitude adjustment. And, you know, sometimes she understood that she had to go through my rear to get to my ear. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably need to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so we want to talk about that today, is uh, about this gratitude. Because gratitude changes your attitude. And so this morning, as you look in the scripture, we're going to jump right into... Oh, oh, let me... I forgot to tell you this. got to tell you this. Last week, if you were here, Pastor Chesty taught a wonderful message. If you didn't, you can watch it online or listen online. And by the way, let me say hey to Faye in Alabama. It's great that you're with us today watching. Um, but what I want you to know is that you're, you're made up of, of three key components. You have your mind, you have your physical body, and then you have your will. And then uh, the thing that connects all of those together is your inmost convictions, and which is called your soul. This is where your moral compass comes from. And that's why we say that we need God to save our what? Soul, right? We need to save our soul. When God saves our soul, guess what? That means that He starts guiding our minds, our wills, and our bodies. And once He's, once he's in control of that, then, then guess what? We don't go down the direction that we normally would go. And Paul talks about this in, to the church at Colossae, in Colossians here. He begins to say, here's some, here's some old ways that many of us were saved from before our souls were saved. Look what he says. He said, therefore, put to death... Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Now notice this. You used to walk in these ways. Would you just say this word right here? Instead of the word you, would you put I? And let's say that sentence together. You ready? Come on. I used to walk in these ways, right? So that means that every one of us here have experienced what he's talking about in some form. So you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Okay, now I really got you to say, yeah, that was me, and that, I still struggle a little bit with that, you know. That might be you. But what I'm saying is that, that a person who does not have a saved soul will always go and, and, and those things that we just named, they will live in that vein and live there with no intention of coming out. They, that's their normal life. But those of us who have a saved soul, maybe we used to live that way and maybe we still have some struggles, but we don't want to live that way anymore. Amen? Okay. Now, so he goes on to talk about what a soul that saved strives to do. Here we go. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be what? Thankful. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. So in other words, you've got to put it in so it can dwell there. And that's why I'm always saying to you, listen to God's word every day or read God's word every day. Make it a goal so it's inside of you. He says, let, us, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude where? In your hearts. That's right. In your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And what are we to do? Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So 
a soul filled with gratitude, a soul that is filled with gratitude changes your attitude. And today, listen, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because it's Thanksgiving weekend. Hello? And I hope you have a great one this next weekend or this next week. And you're going to have some people that's going to, you're going to be around that you're only around at holidays. Okay? And you don't really like them. You're related to them. You know, or maybe it's a brother-in-law or whatever, you know what I'm saying, or a sister-in-law or mother-in-law, father-in-law, whatever. But you've got those people that you're going to be around and you're forced to be around and before you go, you're dreading being there because you know they're going to be there and I'm going to help you have a happy Thanksgiving. All right? It's God's will that you be here today. It's not for them. This is for you today. All right? And so we're going to learn to express gratitude. Look what the Psalms 42 and 11 says. Why are you downcast, O oh my what? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in who? In God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Your soul needs to be fed with gratitude for God and others. And when you feed your soul with gratitude... All of a sudden, it changes your attitude. You know, it, you, don't need, you don't need a new spouse. You don't, need, you don't need a new child. We might want to exchange them every once in a while, right? You, you know, you don't need a new job. You don't need all this stuff that you say, I need because the world is bad to me. No, no, no. What we have to do is we have to express gratitude. And once you start beginning to express gratitude, it will change your attitude. You can have a new world around you just by expressing gratitude that it can change your attitude. Amen? Change your attitude. And let me just say this before I go any further. Today... If you don't have a saved soul, then my friends, you're lost. That's what the scripture says. You have no bearings on which way to go in life. And so I want to invite you today, if you don't know Christ, to have a saved soul, that you would ask him to save your soul, that you can become a Christ follower, and those of you that are watching online as well. So there's a prayer that we put in your program every week, and I want to read it. And it simply says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. And notice this, I will trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life. That's the saved soul. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now today, if you said that prayer with me and you meant it in your heart, you just opened the door for Christ to come in to your life. And it's up to you to continue that relationship to be a Christ follower. It's more than a prayer. It means a lifestyle that you're pursuing. And so today, if you did that, I want you to just check in on the back of this connection card. It said, I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower that we can pray for you this week. And those of you that are watching online, I ask you just to send me an email that I can actually correspond with you as well. Okay. More gratitude will not come from acquiring possessions or more experiences. In other words, things will not make you more grateful, and having a, an experience will not make you 
more grateful. What makes you more grateful is when you begin to think about how good God is and how good other people in your life are as well. You see, when you've got a bad attitude, then nobody's good in your life, right? Some of you are living with some of the best people in the world and because you have stinking thinking, you need a check up from the neck up, you can't enjoy, you're not enjoying in life right now. So I want to challenge that today. Okay, so how to have a joy-filled soul. Here we go. The first one is this. Write this down. Number one, realize the benefits of following God. The benefits of following God. Now, I want to, I want to break this down for you. The, the, the word benefit, the first part of that word, bene, is actually a Latin word. <clears throat> the root of it is Latin word. And it simply means good, good. When we say, you know, we talk about benefits, we talk about a job, you know, I, here's my salary, here's my benefits. In other words, it's an advantage. Serving God has benefits. You've got to believe that. The psalmist went into great detail, I'm about to share with you, of explaining that serving God has benefits. So we want to we know, okay, when you, know, like when you go to work, you want to know the benefits before you say, I do. Well, the psalmist went ahead and told us the benefits of serving God. Look what he says. In Psalm 103, he says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my, uh, and all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His what? Benefits, right? Benefits. In other words, good advantage. What are the benefits of serving God? Here they are. First of all, He forgives all your what? He forgives all your sins, and He heals all your what? Your diseases. And He who redeems your life from the pit. Come on now, somebody. I, I, I know there's many of us that were down in the pit. He redeems us from the pit, and He crowns you with love and what? Compassion. Now watch this next one. Who what? Satisfied. Come on, say that word again. Who what? Satisfied. And listen, if you don't have a saved soul, you're never going to be satisfied. I tell you what, you can go out with every woman and man in the world and think you're going to find it, but you'll never find it. You can, you, can, you can work your way until you work yourself to death trying to acquire it, and you'll never get it. Until you let God save your soul, then you'll never be satisfied. Who satisfies your desires with what? With good things. So that, the youth, uh, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You see, these are benefits that we have when God saves our soul. And our soul responds to God's benefits. And let me just tell you something. You say, well, that, I, that, that may not mean a whole lot to you today. But I'll tell you, there will come a time to where it will mean a lot. There's a guy, there's two men in our first service today. One of them had open heart surgery about six weeks ago. And when the doctors looked at him and said, we don't know, man, you may have a heart attack on the table. We're not sure about this if you're going to make it. But because he served the Lord and he knew that God had benefits, amen, that he said that he would heal all your what? 
diseases. The doctors did everything they could do. They opened him up with a risk that he may not get back up. But that man understood that he served Almighty God and he believed him. And as the doctors went in, God guided their hands. And as they closed him up, it was the Lord who healed him. He heals all your diseases. Another guy was here and last week he had he had went to uh, he he just retired and and they, he had to change insurance and they required a, a physical and and an ultrasound of his aorta and he went in and he had the ultrasound done of his aorta and and, uh, and the doctor said well you know what we going we want to just send you for another test and he's like anything wrong oh no no we just want to send you for this test. Well, he went back and picked up the paperwork to carry to the other place that was going to do a, a CT scan on him. And, uh, and, and so he went there and the paperwork said, enlarged aorta aneurysm. Now, that might not be bad news to a doctor, but let me tell you something. The people like us who have, we know people have aneurysm, most of them don't get up off the table, right? And so, anyway, so this guy sees that, and he begins to be like you and I, a little concerned. If, if you had a report that said the aneurysm, wouldn't you be a little bit concerned? That's right. And so he began to, he and his wife began to pray about it and said, God, help us, Lord, and help me. And so, as they went there to confirm that he had an aneurysm and what they were going to do the next step to have surgery, they went and done the, the CT scan on him. And after the CT scan, the doctor called him up and said, Sir, I don't know what happened between three days ago and today, but what the ultrasound showed then that you had an aneurysm, now this test has shown that it is nothing. There is nothing there. Somehow between three days ago and now, the great physician showed up, and because he's a God with benefits, he heals all of our diseases. Amen? Wow, wow, wow. So if you're sick today, he's a God of benefits. Okay. Remember this. Here we go. Let's say it together. I want you to read it. Remember, get that word. I want you to have a little attitude, all right? Expressing gratitude to God and others. What? Come on. Changes my? Changes my attitude. Changes my attitude. Number two, the second thing I would share with you today, if you want to have a joy-filled soul, is this. Is realize God is the benefactor. The benefactor. This is so good. I say that just for you. Again, going back to that root word, bena. Remember, it's Latin and it means good. Then you break this word down, factor, which is the root word of factory, which you and I know what a factory is. It's a place that produces stuff, right? I mean, that's what it is. So basically, a benefactor is a, a person who produces good. Or a, a factory that, a little factory that produces good. And so what he's saying here is, is that God is the benefactor. God is the one who produces good for us. And in order for you to have a happy Thanksgiving, in order for you to be a person of gratitude, you have to understand that there is somebody, there is someone that's working in your favor. And that those good things that have come your way are not by random chance. And it's not because you're so smart. 
And it's not because you're so good. And I know there's a lot of talented people in this room. And I believe there's a lot of smart people in this room. But I want to tell you, the good things that have come your way were not, they didn't just happen as a, just a result of that. Yes, your hard work played into it. But it was God that blessed that. He's the benefactor. He's the benefactor. God is the one that makes that happen. And, um, and to be a grateful Christian, you must believe, you must believe that the good that is in your life is coming from a source other than yourself. Other than yourself. Isn't it amazing that when bad things happen in the world and in our lives, isn't it amazing how quick we are to blame God? Well, he's God. He could have stopped that. If he's God, then why did this happen? You know, isn't it amazing? When bad happens, we, we throw blame on God, right? Are you agreeing with me? Come on now. Don't look at me like that. Because you're guilty and I'm guilty. But when good happens, when good happens in our life, we take the credit, don't we? We strut around like peacocks, don't we? Yeah. I'm a bad man, what can I say? I'm just good, you know? And you feel that way too. I mean, we feel that when something good happens, comes our way, and we think, boy, you know what? I worked this deal, and I worked that deal, and it happened. Little do you know that there's a spiritual matter going on, and the only reason that those people agreed to go with you and to do what you need to do and sign the contract to do what needed to happen on your job was because the Holy Spirit, God, was working in them, and he was nudging them along. What you couldn't see is the benefit of Almighty God, the benefactor. Amen. Okay, you don't believe me. Look what the Bible says. James 1 and 16. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers. Would you read this line with me? You ready? Come on. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Not from your business partner. Not from your teacher. Not from your professor. Every good and perfect gift from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So you must understand, God is a God. There's benefits for serving God. He is the benefactor. Then it takes us to the third thing. But before we go there, I want you to remember this. You ready? Let's say it together. We'll... Expressing gratitude to God and other changes. My changes my attitude. And you need one before you go to that dinner this week. Come on now. Before you go there, you need to go ahead and get this right, right now. Number three, you ready? How to have a joyful soul is realize I am a beneficiary of God's good gifts. I'll let you write that down. When I'm a child of God, I am the beneficiary. You know what that means, right? You know, all of you, some of you are hoping that one day you're going to have this unknown relative that's going to die and leave you, leave you millions that you can be the beneficiary of. Don't, you guys look so innocent today. I'm like, oh, me, not me. Yeah, you. It's great, long, distant, you know, you don't realize that you're connected to, you know, the Rockefellers somehow and you're going to get this fortune. Well, we know that that's what a beneficiary is. It's someone who receives the gifts of someone else. In most of our country, we think, in our culture, we think, okay, when someone dies, you get this. Let me tell you something. First of all, 
Jesus Christ died so that you can be the beneficiary. Amen? That you can receive God's good gift because he died. And watch this with me. A beneficiary is one who receives God's good gift. You are the beneficiary of God's benefits because God has your best interest at heart. You must remember, believe that. So when we take for granted, listen to this, when we take for granted or believe we deserve God's good gifts, then we no longer be, are thankful for them. This is what happens. You cannot be grateful for something that you feel like you're entitled to. Did you hear that? When you feel like you're owed something, then you're not grateful for it, are you? Now let me just explain the difference between a good feeling and gratitude. If we were to go out tonight, if we were to go right now, you and I go over to the Ford dealership and, and you buy you a brand new car. You know what? You're going to walk, you're going to, you know, you're going to sign all the paperwork, you're going to drive out there, and you're going to drive with a little this. Mm-hmm, I look good, yes I do. You know, you're going to feel that way. You better feel that way, right? Because 30 days, something's coming. It's the plague. And it's going to remind you of that, of, of, of that you know, that experience. And, and you got to, even when it gets dirty, and, you know, when it doesn't smell new anymore, and we get a little ding in it, you still got the plague coming, right? It's called a payment book. You still going, you know, you felt good buying that car. That was a good feeling, right? But let me show you what gratitude is. Gratitude is this. I show up in your driveway. I pull up in a brand new Porsche. You come, to, you come out in the yard and say, man, that is a nice car. That, that car right there is a $200,000 car. Pastor, that is a nice car you got right there. I say, yes, it is. But here's what I'm going to do for you. Because I like you. These keys right here, I want to give them to you. They're yours. I'm going to give you these keys, and I want you to know there's no payment book coming. There's no tax bill coming. It is your car, free of charge. It is yours. It's a gift. I would say that you would feel some gratitude. I say that you wouldn't just feel good. I, I, think, I think, you know what, when you bought your car, you might have shook that cell in the hand and said, thank you for the deal, but I doubt you hugged his neck. I bet if I gave you a brand new Porsche, I bet you'd shake my I bet you'd come and hug my neck. I bet you'd jump up down in your driveway and say, look what I got. I bet you'd even say, God, you are good. You are awesome, God. Whoa, hello. I'm going to be styling and profiling, baby. That's gratitude, see? Not a good feeling. And the problem is this, is that when we begin to the more you think you're entitled to, the less you'll be grateful for. You see, pride keeps score. Gratitude, grace, gives freely. And so if you keep saying, well, God, I tried giving my tithes one time, and you didn't do nothing for me, so uh, you still owe me. You cut off the blessings of God. God, I went to church one time, five weeks in a row, you still owe me. God, I, I opened up the Bible. I actually read it one day. Five days in a row. You owe me. I'm ahead. You see, when you begin to say that, you're saying, God, that you owe me, and you will never be grateful for what you think you're entitled to. Matter of fact, in your relationship, 
Right now, some of you, you know, your marriage is struggling. You know why? The number one indicator is that you think you're doing better than your spouse, and they owe you. And as long as you feel like somebody owes you, you can never be grateful for them, and you feel like that they're entitled to do better for you back, and you're never going to have intimacy in your relationship. You're going to push your kids away. You're going to push your spouse away. You're going to push your friends away if you're a scorekeeper. Entitlement. I've been good to you, so you owe me. And that's what that attitude says, and it's hard to be grateful that way. The Scripture says this in Romans. Look what he says. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal powers, His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, hello, come on, here we are, they never glorified Him as who? God, nor gave Him what? Never gave thanks to Him. Many of you know God, but when's the last time that you've been grateful and thankful to Him? You see, they begin to think of themselves as entitled. He goes on to say, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. The moment that you feel like that God owes you is the moment that your thinking becomes futile, and guess what? You are no longer grateful, and you cut yourself off from the blessing of Almighty God. When we, lose our, uh, when we lose our attitude of gratitude, we lose a good attitude toward Almighty God and others. Okay, let me give you the next one. Let's say this first. Are you ready? Come on now. You read it out loud this time. This is the last time I want to ask you to do it. Here we go. Expressing gratitude to God and others changes my attitude. Changes my attitude. Number four. How to have a joyful soul. Express gratitude to God and others with a benediction. Write that down. Benediction. Now, when I say that word benediction, I'm going to mess you up. Because most of you think when I say that word, it's time for somebody to pray and we go home, right? If you've been in church any time at all, you understand. Used to, they say, okay, let so-and-so pray the benediction. That meant the last prayer. Well, let me just tell you, let me break that down for you. The word benediction, again, there's that word bena again, right? Meaning good, and diction is actually a form of speech or a word. So really, the truth of the matter is, the word benediction means this, speaking a good word, saying a good word. That's what benediction is. And in Jesus' day, the Jewish people there understood that it was important to speak a benediction. Matter of fact, in Jesus' day, they would pray, an 18, they would pray 18 benedictions Toward God in the morning and noon and at, at nighttime. Three times a day, they would pray 18 benedictions toward God. Why? Because they never wanted to forget the connection between the gift they were receiving and the giver of the gift. So they would use the benediction, they would always say, would start with the word bless. They would say, bless. They would say, like, God bless you that you have forgiven us of our sins. Bless you, God, for that. So they would always pray a benediction. Now, look, watch this. In Psalms, it says this. In Psalms 103 and 1, he says this, which is our memory verse, by the way. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his what? His holy name. So here's what my challenge to you. Why don't you stop and take some time, and why don't you pray a benediction every day? What would this sound like? It would sound like this. It would say, bless you, God, you gave me the ability to get out of bed today. 
Bless you, God, that you gave me the, the gasoline, the income to buy the gas to get to my job. Bless you, God, that you gave me health. Bless you, God, that you give me the air that I breathe. Bless you, God, that you've taken care of my children. Bless you, God, that you give me a good spouse. Bless you, God, that you've been with me all of my life. Bless you, God, when others tried to, to disown me, you were there with me, oh God. Bless you, God, when I was down, you picked me up. Bless you, God, that when I didn't have anything, God, you brought something my way. Bless you, God, when they were going to repo my house, you made a way. Bless you, God, when they were going to take my car away, you made a way, oh God. Bless you, God, that you were with my parents when they needed you most, when they were sick. Bless you, God, you were with my children. Bless you, God, that you walked through the hallways with them. Bless you, God, you made a way where they could go to college. Bless you, God, that you with me every day. Bless you, God, that you put love in my heart. Bless you, God, that you saved my soul. Bless you, God, that you are my Savior and my God. Bless you, God. Bless you. Every day at morning and noon and night, they would connect those together. Bless you, God. So you have some next steps. Here we go. Remember, I want you to say a benediction. When you go into Thanksgiving, this is what's going to change your Thanksgiving. When you go into Thanksgiving, I know you've got that person that you don't like is going to be there. Right? Come on now. They're just there. And they're probably going to say a bad word, but you're going to turn that around and you're going to speak a benediction over them and you're going to say a good word. And so you're going to change everything because you're not raining on my parade, baby. Hello? No, you're not taking away my joy. You're not going to fill my heart with anger this time. No, you can say what you want to, but I want you to know that it's going to be all right. And I believe you're going to be all right too. And then the others speak a benediction toward God. What does that mean? Just the things that I share with you early. Why don't you set an alarm on your phone or something that you can just speak a benediction to God, a good word. Bless you, God. You see, if you're blessing people, you can't curse them. Hello? See, when you're grateful, you're not hateful. Let me tell you this, and I'm going to let you go. Last week, uh, Chesty told you the story of Horatio Safford, who's a guy that was a hymn writer. He wrote this hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Well, she told you about how that in the 1800s, he was living in Chicago, he was a lawyer, and he bought property there, and the Chicago fire wiped out everything he owned. He sent his wife and his four daughters back to England to be there to, to try to find some refuge. And as they were traveling across the ocean, that ship uh, collided with another ship, and, and over 200 people died on that ship, and four of those was his daughters. All four of his daughters drowned there. His wife was one of the sole survivors. He went back and he got with his wife and, and they tried to pick up the pieces. But when they got back there, their church told them that, listen, there must be some bad sin in your life in order for this to happen to you. And they, made a, they put more guilt on them. But Horatio wasn't accept that. He knew that there was more to life than that. And his wife had three more children. And then his son, when he became four years old, died of, of malaria, a fever, scarlet fever. I mean, scarlet fever. Died. And so he went on to do that. And the people began to look at him and say, you know what? The name, your name should be Overcomers. And they went and started a good work in Israel. They started an orphanage in Israel. And in World War I, they helped start a soup kitchen and an orphanage to take care of the people. How can you do that? I'll tell you how. When you have a saved soul, 
It seemed like every, you've got every reason to be bitter and to, and, to be, and to be mad at God and mad at the world. But he said this, when, he said, when peace like a river attended my soul, when sorrows like sea billows roll, he said, whatever thou hast said, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. See, you can take everything away from me, but you can't take this baby because you didn't give it to me. You didn't, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. And today I want you to just stand with me right now. As I'm going to ask the, the singers, they're going to come out and, and sing this song in just a second. But here's what I want you to do. The prayer team's going to come forward. But I want to invite you. There's an altar here, a place where you can bow. And today, maybe, just maybe, there's something that you just want to thank God for on your knees. Or maybe there's something that you want someone to pray with you about. But today, whatever it is, I ask you to express gratitude to Almighty God. Because when you express gratitude to God and others, He changes your attitude. Let's do it as we sing this together. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.